Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. My son was about three when he looked at me and he said, Sometimes, Dad, when you're at work, do you have to yell, Hey! And I said, Yeah, sometimes I do. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I don't know if you know this, but sometimes when you're raising your kids, they, they get a little loud, they get a little obnoxious, they get a little self-focused, they get a little bit of, uh, I don't know, attention deficit. And I don't mean that in the clinical way. I mean, they are not paying attention to you at all. Especially if they're fighting over a toy, arguing over a space, or just going about being kids, fighting over what they believe is theirs, even when it's not. And sometimes, as a parent, you've got to step up your game a little bit and get their attention over all the noise of video games and toys and friends fighting and the whole nine yards. Why? Well, because it's your role as a parent to keep the peace, the peace to the best of your ability. And sometimes keeping the peace means disturbing the peace. So when my boys would get louder, the kids would get louder, the dogs would get louder, all of the above at the same time, which was pretty common, I would raise my voice and yell, hey, loud enough to be heard over everybody. And the dogs would stop and look at me like, what? What did we do? And the kids would stop and look at me like, what? What did we do? And sometimes I felt like the birds would stop and look at me like, what? What did we do? But now that I have your attention, clear instruction is to follow. It's kind of like when you are listening to your favorite song and you're belting it out in your car as you're driving down the road and meep, meep, meep comes on and, and you know it's not likely a national emergency, although it could be. It might be a storm warning, so your first reaction is usually to look outside at the clouds, peer through the windshield or the sunroof and see just how bad the storm is. And if you see sunny skies, then you think, well, maybe it's an amber alert. And if you... Begin to hear this is just a test. There's kind of this <clears throat> emotional befuddlement. The incongruity that goes along with being stressed out because you've been notified there's going to be a big problem, in the, but it's not, it's not really a big problem. Does that ever kind of stick in your craw? Does that, does that make you a little annoyed that this big announcement of an emergency has come and yet there's no emergency to follow it? Seems incongruent, doesn't it? See, sometimes in leadership, we have these problems that we run into because the people we lead are inconsistent. Yep. All right. The vision that was cast for the whole organization, for what we were going to accomplish financially, productively, in society and culture, the impact we were going to make in this world. All of that vision, its whole purpose is to kind of set the bar what are the standards that we have to live up to to be able to accomplish this vision? What are the goals along the way on this path from where we are to the vision accomplished? What, what are the, the stopping points, the campsites? Well, how do we know that we're still on the right path to accomplish that? Well, every one of those measures and marking tools are, well, they're, they're expectations. And expectations, expectations are demanding. When they drive excellence, they're really demanding. 
when they expect something of you that isn't your natural thing to do, they push you to a new level. They expect of you what isn't natural. So you, as an individual, are going to have to get out of your own box. You're going to have to think in a little bit of a different way. You're going to have to apply yourself a little harder. And sometimes, sometimes that's not easy. And like a good coach, football coach, basketball coach, baseball coach, hockey coach, ice skating coach, I don't care which one, if you expect your team members and your players to get better, the first thing you have to do is help them to see what they could be doing better. Let me rephrase that. Sometimes what you have to do is help them to see what they're doing wrong. Side note. Nobody likes to be told that they're wrong. Absolutely no one. Even those of us who thrive on self-improvement and personal development, we long to be one step ahead of where we were yesterday and a little bit better than we were yesterday. We still don't like to be told we were wrong or that we did something wrong or that we did something subpar. We don't settle well with it. And I'm guessing you don't either. And that's the rub for leadership, because to be a good leader, you've got to be able to establish the vision, set the goals along the way so that as we progress across this path, we can say, yep, we made checkpoint number one. We're headed for checkpoint number two. And as we move toward the goal, we've got little things that we got to correct along the way. If you've ever watched an aircraft flight path, they, they draw the nice little line, especially if you're doing an international flight like that one that... I've flown from New York to Belgium in order to go to the Congo. And you see the little arrow and it looks like a perfectly straight line and it goes over the ocean and then lands. But if you were, if you're actually watching it, the autopilot is adjusting constantly. A little left, a little right, a little up, a little down, move around the cloud. It, it looks a whole lot more like that than it does like that. Well, it's true of you and your goals as well. It's true of you and your personal development as well. But see, each of those adjustments isn't always autopilot. Sometimes it's the external pilot. Sometimes, and I'm not talking about the aircraft, I'm talking about you and me. Sometimes we don't catch the storm that's on the horizon. We don't catch the minor adjustment needed for a wind gust that just pushed us off by two degrees. We don't see those flaws in our own life. We don't see how the decision we made yesterday and the Monday before and the Monday before, if we keep making that same decision, that we're not going to reach the goal that's next on the path to accomplish the vision that's been established by leadership. And sometimes that decision is as small as what time you showed up at work. Yeah, tough stuff. Or that person that you hired on your team because they were a friend of yours and you like them. Or the one that you hired because they've got a great degree and a great resume, but wow, they're a jerk and they're hard to put up with for everybody else. See, these are the micro decisions sometimes that we make as leaders that other leaders have to look back at us and go, well, that was a bad choice. So the truth of the matter is there's, there's not a role in leadership which is loyal to the vision there's not a role in leadership which is consistent with the goals along the pathway. There's not a role in leadership which is also devoted to the improvement of everyone on the team. 
which doesn't at some point say something, do something, cause something that offends others. Oh, boy. See, when my son asked me that question, Dad, at work, do you sometimes have to yell, hey? He was talking about a kids event that we do, did, every weekend. And every weekend we'd have anywhere from five to 700 kids crammed in one spot. And I was responsible for all of them. Even when we had fire drills that were unnecessary because the system in the building had a problem. In February, and all the kids with no, no shoes on and their little bare feet, we were outside for 20 or 30 minutes waiting on the fire department to clear the building. Yeah, we, we had fun like that. But we always had a pretty good idea what was going on and when things got out of control and a couple of kids decided to wrestle over a basketball or argue about the next song on the dance floor. Sometimes... I had to raise my voice above the din of the noise, above all the distractions, above everything else that's going on. And I had to yell, hey, loud enough to be heard over the music and over the kids and over the noise. And when I did, everybody in the room would stop and look at me. And the ones who had done something wrong or were about to like get in a fight over a basketball, they knew I was talking to them because when I said it, Everybody turned to look at me and they would turn and look at me and then stop what they were doing because they knew timeout was coming or their parents were about to be called and they were going to go home. That kind of leadership isn't being seen in society today. The kind of leadership that says, if I need to raise my voice, if I need to put my foot down, if I need to instill some discipline, if I need to change the behavior at hand. And how do we know this? Well, ask Neiman Marcus. Yeah, ask Target. Closing stores, losing inventory, half a million dollars to theft, to behavior that really somebody should have the authority to stand up and go, hey, stop that nonsense. There's absolutely nothing good to come of that. You're wrecking your own lives. You're wrecking everybody else's lives. Stop it. Find better things to do with your time. They need to see Bob Newhart. Just stop it. But we don't have that kind of authority and leadership in the U.S. right now. This is not a political statement per se, but it's a breakdown of our moral society, in my opinion. I see parents who can't keep control of their kids because the iPad has control of their kids. They don't know how to modify their behavior without being called abusive because there are too many people who have never raised kids who have too many opinions on how raising kids should work. Trust me, as a parent of four and a grandparent of 10, there are a whole lot of people who try to give me advice about how to raise kids while theirs are in prison. Mine are not. While theirs are high on drugs. Mine are not. That's not a judgment statement of how your kids have turned out. It is a direct statement to your leadership. Because part of the problem with parenting today is that nobody wants to offend. They don't want to offend their kids and leave them with hurt feelings. They don't want to offend their neighbors and leave them with judgment. They don't want to offend the moral code of society who says, oh, you can't touch your children. You can't hurt their feelings. You can't scold them in public. Wait till you get home for that. And then, well, you know, by then forget and do nothing. And that's why we have teenage raids. You heard about these? Everybody in the crowd is under the age of 18, so they cannot be tried as adults. But trust me, a 15-year-old young athletic boy 
can do $100,000 worth of damage to a Rolls Royce all by himself. Millions of dollars worth of damage to a building. And in herds, they can do much more. And where the synergy comes in and these undisciplined, unled, never corrected young people feel like, well, we're bulletproof. You can't do anything to me. You can't put me in jail. You can't do anything to me because nobody's big enough to spank me. You can't do anything to me because, well, there's just too many of us for you to handle. And that's exactly what we see. We see society overrun. We see elderly people beaten. We see property damage in the millions. Why? Because nobody was willing to say, hey! Now, I can also tell you this. At the same arena of life, that window of time, we lived in a neighborhood where you could pretty much reach out the window and knock on the neighbor's window. Our, our houses were, in my opinion, way too close together. But there were times that the kids would be out of control upstairs, making noise, throwing toys, being boys, doing what boys do, jumping off of bunk beds, et cetera, et cetera. And I would yell from downstairs because I was too lazy to climb the stairs. And I would yell, hey. And I remember one of my neighbors who never scolded her children, who said, I don't want my children in your home because you yell too much. I'm like, I yell because my house is three times the size of yours. I yell because I have twice as many children as yours. And usually I have yours and every other kid in the neighborhood in my house. It was not uncommon for us to have 15 or 16 kids in our house at one time. That can be a lot of noise. Somebody's got to put their foot down. Somebody's got to raise their voice. And that somebody was always me. Have you met my wife? She has a very small voice. If I have to raise my voice to keep control, to keep people from getting hurt, to be the calm-headed one in the moment, so be it. And I'm going to tell you at every level of your leadership, I don't care if you're in retail management or if you're a CEO, if you're a battlefield commander or you lead a small troop, fire department crew chiefs, truck crew chiefs, Navy SEALs teams, we're talking squads of five to six people at a time. When you've got to put your foot down and make a decision that everybody is going to have to comply with, and they may or may not like the decision. They may or may not agree with the decision. They may or may not trust your judgment in this exact moment, but they've got to trust the role of leadership. They've got to respect the role of leadership. We'll argue about it later. Let's get through the moment. You're going to say something that offends someone. And if as a leader, you don't have the courage to take the chance of offending someone. I'm going to offend you right now and say leadership probably isn't for you. If you don't have the moxie to go, wait, that's wrong. We're not doing it like that. That's a bad idea. I'm not talking about being a rebel for the sake of being a rebel. I'm not talking about pushing back for the sake of pushing back. I'm not talking about the heckler's veto. I'm not talking about gaining power by refusing to follow orders. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about the leader who has the role and responsibility of leader that is recognized as the leader who simply won't lead because they don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to have to backtrack their words or be accountable for them. See, these standards of excellence, these goals that we establish, these visions that we pursue, they demand something of you. They demand something of everyone on the team. They demand something of the leader specifically to accomplish these goals. You're going to have to push beyond your normal limits. You're going to have to do what isn't natural. 
And if as a leader, you're not willing to push people and say, hey, you're not doing that right. Hey, I need you to change your opinion on this. Hey, get over your attitude. If you're not willing to do that as a leader, then maybe leadership isn't for you. Oh, I know there are many styles of leadership. And some people would never raise their voice and use the word, hey. No, they would passively, aggressively send you an email. If that's your leadership style, that's fine. As long as it's effective. But in the same way that I have never met anyone, nor do I expect to meet anyone while I'm alive, who got out of this life alive, it all comes to an abrupt end for every one of us at some point. Everyone living will die. It's just a fact. As a leader, to be an effective leader, to be a great leader, at some point you're going to offend somebody. Get over it. Don't try so hard to not offend anyone that you can't effectively lead. Look back at some of our greatest leaders of all time. I would put Winston Churchill in that category. He offended some folks. Some of our presidents, Washington, Jefferson, they offended some folks. Even Benjamin Franklin offended some folks. Go back and read some of those Federalist letters. They all got up in a quarrel with each other, up in each other's faces. But what they produced as an outcome, because of their leadership, because of their fortitude, because of their character, because they were willing to stand up, raise their voice, put their foot down, and do the job, This experiment is well over 200 years old now. That's pretty significant. That's pretty significant. But as a leader, if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to get pushed around. And other people are going to take your leadership position. And other people are going to lead your team in a direction that you didn't intend. And they may or may not achieve the goals that you set out for them. They may not achieve the vision that you've established for them. And they may not perform with the level of excellence that you intended for them. Because you refuse to put your foot down, raise your voice, stand your ground, and be the leader. I'm not saying to be a bully. I'm not saying to be a jerk. I'm not saying to be authentic. I get so full of people who are authentic. Meaning, this is my right to offend you and I don't care what you think about it because I'm just being myself. That is not the kind of offensive I'm talking about. I'm talking about speaking the truth when others have a really hard time with the truth. I'm talking about telling them what really needs to be said that they've had a hard time listening to because nobody else has been willing to say it for fear of hurting their feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. But getting the job done, getting a job done well, getting the job done right, getting the job done sometimes at all, requires that we work together in unison. And sometimes that unison means your feelings don't count today and your opinion doesn't matter today. And at the end of this task, we'll reevaluate what we've done and the course of action that we followed and how everybody felt about it. But until then, shut up and get the job done. If a leader is not bold enough and brave enough to have that attitude and take on the responsibility of leadership, then somebody else should be leading. And I don't care what the size of your organization is. If you can't stand for what's right and resist what's wrong, put your foot down and raise your voice, step aside. you got plenty of people who can. And if you're too afraid to offend people, to lead people, step aside. They need to be led. They deserve to be led.
They deserve to be told when they're wrong so that they can grow. And if you're not going to do that, frankly, you're in the way of someone who will. Take the time today to ask yourself, am I more concerned about offending strangers than I am about leading the people in my charge? And if the answer to that question is yes, take some time on your own to reevaluate and ask why. And then ask yourself, which is more important? That the people that I'm responsible to lead be led well, fairly, justly, boldly, or that I make it through life having offended no one. A stumbling block. That's what he said. Foolishness to the wise. One of the greatest leaders of all time. You're not going to get out of this life as a leader without offending, offending someone. The question is who? And that's up to you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Thank you. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.